everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And today we are back to wrap up our coverage of the 2020 Olympics with a recap of the event finals. The games were closed out with even more history being made. And of course, the much anticipated return of Simone Biles. So stick around for that conversation. But before we get into that, we want to real quickly take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. A big thank you to Amy M, Lucy S, Kevin K, Karina G, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show each month at the highest tier level. It truly means so much to us and you all help make the show what it is each month. So thank you so much and we love you all. Now let's get into today's episode and wrap up our coverage of the 2020 Olympics. Hello friends, we are back today with our final episode covering the 2020 Olympics. Very, very, very sad that the Olympics are over, but so much history was made and so many good things happened at these Olympics. This was one of the more exciting Olympics that we've had in a while, I feel like. Yeah. Like in our lifetime as gymnastics fans, I think this is one of the most exciting Olympics that we've gotten to watch. Truly, because like literally history was made on the men's and the women's side time after time. And I feel like these event finals that we're going to talk about today, you know, with Simone Biles withdrawing from three out of the four events, we really didn't know what the podiums were going to be. Like there was not a clear winner. The podiums were kind of all over the place. And I think that really added to the excitement and really kept all of us on the edge of our seats really until the final routine so everything was kind of up in the air coming into the event finals it was anyone's game anyone could go out there and win and that made it even more exciting so let's start with the vault finals Simone Biles withdrew from the vault final and Michaela Skinner got her chance to shine she was put in in Simone's place and this is probably a good point to mention that Michaela Skinner actually qualified in fourth so she was two per country out of the final And if the two-per country rule didn't exist, she obviously would have been in that final. She's an incredible vaulter. I felt like coming into the Olympics, if she had a shot at an individual medal, it would have been that. She belonged in that final. Yeah. Like, truly. Not only because she placed just fourth in qualifications, but Michaela Skinner has been one of the best vaulters in the world. We just don't really recognize it a whole lot. She has the difficulty and she's really cleaned up her execution as well. She's looking the best now than she ever has. Like she went to college and she came back to elite and her vaults got better. They got cleaner, her twisting form in the air, her block on her chun. I mean, really in just every aspect, her vault got so much better. And until 2017, when Jade Carey came on the scene, Michaela was really the second vaulter. I mean, back in 2013, there was Michaela Maroney for like a hot second, but other than Simone and Michaela, like they've pretty much been number one and number two in the United States. And then Jade Carey came along in 2017. So I I don't know. I just think that this moment has been a long time coming for Michaela. Yeah. And what's crazy is that she almost went home because she was a reserve for vault, but that was only in the event that a U.S. gymnast pulled out after qualifications and she was two per countryed. She was getting ready to get on a plane and go home. And then Simone, we find out after the fact, Simone was like, don't let Michaela leave because, you know, she was having her issues. Apparently her coach texted Michaela's coach during the team final. Yeah. And said, like, don't get on a plane after this. So she quickly canceled her flight. And then next thing you know, there she is in the vault final. What an opportunity, an incredible opportunity for her. And she goes out there does two really great vaults and gets the silver medal. So we'll start from the top. Yeah, we should. We always get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we'll start from the top. Rebecca Andrade came away with the gold medal. Ah, so Making excited. history once again. She obviously already made history when she placed second in the all-around. It was the first Olympic medal ever on the women's side for Brazil. And then literally two days later wins the gold medal and becomes the very first gold medalist ever in women's gymnastics for Brazil. Love that for her. So, so incredible. I think she totally deserves it. She She was the star of these games. Her and Suni were the star of these games. Yeah, which I'm here for. I think Rebecca definitely didn't have her best vault in the event finals. Like, her chan, she landed out of bounds, so they took a tenth on that. 
But technically, it was such a perfect ball. Like, she doesn't give the judges much to deduct in terms of her form in the air. Yeah. The landing was the biggest thing. And same with her Aminar as well. She went for the Aminar in the event finals. We hadn't seen that yet before. And it was really clean. Well, we had seen the Aminar before, but it's, it had been many years. And Not in was, Tokyo. Yes, yeah. That yeah. was the vault that she injured herself on. I don't even know. One, one of the ACL injuries. One yeah, of the three. Because she's had three. <laughs> um, so it had been several years since we had seen the Aminar. And I was kind of low-key stressing when I heard that she was going to pull it out. Because her double is so good and so consistent. And obviously her chung is also amazing. Yeah. That I was like, is it too risky to go for the Aminar? Well, she ended up doing a really nice one in warm-ups. I saw the video of it. And then it went for it in competition. And she had a really big... Actually, it was like two hops forward. She had one really big hop and then a little bit of a smaller one. Yeah. So some pretty big landing deductions, which I think that for somebody who was maybe watching the Olympics who doesn't know anything about the sport, they might look at that and think that was a huge error and question why she won the gold medal. But I do think her technique is superior to anyone else's. Yeah, and her execution. The height that she gets on her vaults, I mean, really is next level. The judges deduct for more than just the landing. And people like to forget that all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's about more than just the landing. So I think that was kind of the case here in Tokyo. I think that's definitely what gave her the edge over Michaela. Yeah, because Michaela obviously did the same vault. Hers were very clean as well. Honestly, some of the best vaults I've seen her do. She did have a hot back on her chun, but I feel like that's about on par with what she was doing leading up to the Olympics. Yeah. And then on her Aminar, I think she can definitely do it a little bit better. She hopped to the side and onto the line. Yeah, she had like one foot on the line. So it wasn't her best landing on vault, but still, in terms of landings, Michaela was better, but in terms of form and execution, Rebecca was better. And then in the bronze position, we had Yoso John from South Korea. Fun fact, her father actually won a silver medal on vault at the 1996 Games. So keeping the tradition going, keeping the family history alive and well. That is something that I did not know until the Olympics when they said it on the broadcast. I didn't either. But I love fun facts like that. And how cool is it that both their Olympic medals are on vaults? So I do have thoughts on this because... Yoso John does a very, very difficult vault. In fact, it's the most difficult vault that was done in the competition. And it's named after her. It is. It's a front double full. And she did that vault really well. She had a little bit of a, a squatty landing, but she was in the center of the mat. And it wasn't like a big hop forward. It was more just like a, a hop to the side as she straightened herself out, if that makes sense. Like she came in a little bit crunched and yes. then stood it up quickly. And and it ended up not looking like that big of a deal at all. No, it so was... So that vault was probably one of the best vaults of the competition. Yeah. If not the best vault. It was really well done. Her second vault, however, was a Yurchenko double that was a little bit out of control. And I thought this was where she was going to slip down into fourth because Alexa Moreno from Mexico went before her. She was actually first, was she not? I don't remember. It was like five in the morning. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she went first. If not, she went before. Yeah, she did go first because then Michaela Skinner went second. Either way. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Either way, I guess it doesn't matter. Alexa Moreno went before, and I thought she had two really, really nice vaults. Very clean. They weren't shown by NBC, so if you weren't watching live when the broadcast was happening, you probably missed her vaults because NBC disrespected Alexa and didn't show it. They disrespected a lot of people during these event finals. They but totally that's a whole did. other discussion for another day. But I thought her vaults were great. She had really minimal deductions in the air, really minimal deduction on the landing. And yeah, so I was just a little bit surprised that she didn't get the bronze. That's personally what I would have gone with. Yeah, I agree with you. When I saw Yoso John's second vault, I thought for sure that was going to knock her out of the medals. Because it was such a large hop. It was That's a very yeah. big deduction. Like, she flew backwards. She went, like, bounding back. Like, she had way too much power on it. And it was still, it was a good vault, but a huge deduction on the landing. And when you look at that in comparison to what Alexa did, yeah, I don't know. I guess if I was a judge, I would have maybe judged it a little bit harsher than they did in Tokyo. But I'm still happy for her because... 
it's a historic moment. That is the first Olympic medal ever in women's gymnastics for South Korea. And it also would have been historic for Alexa Moreno, too, if she had gotten the bronze. So we were destined to have a historic bronze medal winner involved at these games. Somebody sent us this article on Alexa, and I actually wanted to just put this information out there for our listeners, because I thought it was really cool and totally badass, and I didn't know some of these things. So Alexa, she had COVID seven months ago. She has used her own national funding to buy equipment to train on, um, so that way she can like improve her vaults and why she has to find her own equipment. I don't know, considering how successful of a gymnast she has been for Mexico and being a world bronze medalist on vault, um, you would think that she wouldn't have to use her own money to provide proper equipment for herself. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that she's done that and has got herself to where she is, I think is incredible. She's dealt with the bottom now we're here. Literally. She's also dealt with injuries and she's done all of that while being obviously a high level gymnast and earning a degree. She's like Wonder Woman. She can do it all. She is, yeah. So I just wanted to give her a shout out for that because even though she didn't get the bronze, she's still iconic. She's still a legend and she's done so much. She'll forever be one of the greatest gymnasts of all time from Mexico. And that's a pretty big deal. Should we talk about Jade Carey? Yes. So that was so unfortunate. A big missed opportunity for Jade. Obviously, it's one of her strongest events. and She was devastated. Yeah. I mean, understandably, it's like you work your whole life for this one moment. And then she trips on her run going into her first vault. It was supposed to be a chun. And yeah, just kind of mistimed her steps and tripped a little bit. And ended up only doing a Yurchenko tucked timer type thing over the vault. It was scary. Mm -hmm. And apparently her dad was the one that, like, yelled to her and said, like, don't go for it. Like, he told her just to balk and not actually try going for the ball because he was afraid that she was going to hurt herself, which is terrifying. And there's been a lot of discussion online right now about gymnasts not being able to warm up before they compete because it's really dangerous. And with the amount of time that they have in between the events with them setting up the podium, doing the medal ceremony, getting everyone off the podium, taking pictures, there is legit like 20, maybe 30 minutes that goes by in between each of these events. So there's really no excuse excuse for why they don't allow the athletes to warm up, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And I don't think it makes sense to anyone. There's literally no reason, no good reason why they can't have a one-touch warm-up before event finals. They do it for all-around finals. They do it for team finals. It's just event finals where they don't do one-touch warm-ups. And the reason that they've given is apparently because of, like, TV coverages and broadcasts. But then they it's don't... better for TV, but then they don't, they don't show, show anybody. People. Literally, like, for half of the event final, they didn't show... Like, they literally only show the top four people. Not, not even. even that, because we didn't see Murakami Mai on floor. We didn't see Angelina Melnikova. There was just so many people that they didn't show. So it's like, is that really your excuse? <laughs> well, the thing that's just frustrating to me, like I said before, is just the safety aspect of it. Like, the arena's cold. You can see that it's cold because all of the gymnasts are wearing, like, the Chinese girls are wearing coats. They're all wearing, like, not their leotards, trying to, like, keep themselves warm. So, really, aside from the person that's first up, they come from the back gym. You know, they do their little thing where they stand in front of the judges. And then that first person gets to go, but everybody else then gets to go into this waiting period where they sit on the sidelines and get cold and they try and run back and forth and jump up and down and get themselves in a place where they can go up there and do two vaults cold. It's frustrating for safety purposes. It's frustrating because I think it prevents a lot of girls from going for more difficult vaults. And to me, that just kind of defeats the purpose of an event final where you can't actually see some of the best vaults that people are capable of doing because they're having to go out there and do it completely cold without having any opportunity to warm up beforehand. And I think that if other events find ways to make it happen, I don't understand why at the Olympics or the World Championships we can't make it happen. So moving on to bars, it was the battle between Suni and Nina Drawal, and we were all talking about this for a long, long time, and 
talking about how Suni would need to do her full difficulty in order to really be competitive for that gold medal. And as it turns out, Suni ended up not even doing her full difficulty. If she does everything she's capable of and connects all of her skills, she can have a 6.8 start value. Ended up only having a 6.2 start value here. So really opened the door for Nina to come in and just walk away with that gold medal. Yeah, but at the Olympics in general, Nina had been outscoring Suni anyways. They were pretty close. Nina got a higher score in qualifications. They both tied in the team final, but Nina won the tie break. That's where they take the highest execution score to break it. And then Suni actually outscored her in the all-around final. So Yeah, I think that they were pretty pretty on par with each other the whole entire games. And Suni had been doing her full difficulty routine and doing it really, really well. So I think that she was just feeling the pressure a lot, knowing that this is her event and that she very easily could win the gold medal. Which is funny because I thought it would be the exact opposite. I thought that after winning the all-around final that she would be a little bit more relaxed and she wouldn't be feeling the pressure knowing that she was leaving as an Olympic champion regardless. I read in an interview that she did that she was not only feeling a little bit of pressure and like the expectations that she would win a gold medal on bars, but she also said she got a little bit distracted after winning the all-around title, which... I think I could see that because she probably was not expecting that coming in. Right. So that kind of threw her for a loop. But anyways, Nina ended up winning the gold medal and she didn't have her best routine. She actually broke the rhythm on her TOEFL pirouette, had a step on the dismount, still scored a 15-2, which was pretty much right on par with what she had been doing in Tokyo. Yeah. Which is a little bit interesting that her routine scored around the same as it was when she didn't have those mistakes. Anastasia Elianova, she won the silver medal. She had some great combinations, hit handstands, really nice lines. She was brought here just to do this event. She wasn't a part of the Russian team, or excuse me, the Russian Olympic Committee team. So this was her one event. This was her opportunity to get a medal, and she got it done. Very nice to see. Yeah, she was one of the only people, I feel like you could say, that actually kind of did relatively what she was... Well, that's... Okay, hold on. I'm being dramatic. Because Nina hit her routine. I shouldn't act like it was a bad routine. But, like, Nina had a pretty kind of significant, noticeable error. And she's normally Um, pretty consistent. We're used to seeing her doing, like, the same routine over and over again. Right. And then, obviously, Suni, like you said, and we'll get to it in a second, she didn't connect anything. And then Elianova from Russia, she missed a connection, I think, out of her Shova. Um, And then her Shova was also a little bit wonky, so it wasn't a perfect routine either, but she got through it, and I think she was the one person that kind of did what everybody expected her to do, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was good enough to come away with the silver. We mentioned Suni already and not doing her full difficulty, not doing all her connections. She normally does the Bahardwaj to, excuse me, she usually does the Nabieva to Bahardwaj to Maloney. And then it goes right into the Ginger. She pretty much split those skills up. So she did the Nabievi, then she did the Bahardwaj, then she did the Maloney. Yeah. And it's not a big deal in the sense that, like, it wasn't the end of the world just because she had such great execution. You really couldn't tell that she had made any kind of mistake. It was just she was too close to the bar on her Nabieva to connect the Bahardwaj, and I think from there it just kind of threw her off. Yeah. And she handled it really well. Like, if you didn't know her routine, you would have no idea that she was supposed to connect those things. Like, it wasn't obvious that she was making a quote-unquote mistake. Yeah. She just simply didn't connect them. So It lowered her start value. Her start value was lowered. It almost started from a 16.2, which is obviously way lower than what she was intending to do. We mentioned the 6.8. I think if she would have done the routine that she did in the all-around final or maybe even in qualifications or the team final, honestly, she was so good so the consistent. whole way through. Yeah. yeah. I think she easily would have won, especially given the mistakes that Nina made. But she really needed her difficulty to be up there. And with her breaking those connections, there wasn't any way it was going to happen, despite how, you know, clean her execution was and how well the routine was still done. Yeah. And 
<laughs> a lot of people were talking about this after the meet. Like Nina said to Suni, it's pretty impressive that she could have the worst routine of her life and still get bronze. <laughs> Thought that was kind of funny. Obviously, she meant that in a nice way. Some people were taking it like Nina was being like a massive bitch. And that's not the case. She There's obviously a language barrier. She was congratulating Suni for getting third, despite not having the routine that she was wanting to have. She's basically saying it goes to show you how good you are. Which, to put it all in perspective, Suni got a 14.5 if she would have done that routine in qualifications, she wouldn't have even have made the final because the cutoff for the final was 14-7. Yeah. So just think about that. Like, she won a bronze medal with a routine that technically wouldn't even have made it to the finals. Yes. Which is impressive. Yes. So round of applause for Suni. And I think this is going to be really her main motivation to go for the 2024 Olympics in Paris. She's already saying in interviews that she's not done, that she plans on going forward for the next Olympics and that bars and getting that gold medal that she feels like she, you know, worked so hard for and that she had a really, really good shot at getting that she wants that. And that's going to be really her biggest motivation to get herself to go back to the Olympics, which I think is super exciting. That It's not often that you see somebody win an Olympic all-around gold medal and then literally two days later they're talking about coming back to elite and going again yeah usually they're like which i don't blame them but normally they're like i want to take some time off like we'll see and they kind of act like they're gonna leave the door open but they don't give you a direct answer well suni's (laughs) not taking any time off i don't know if we said this in the last episode i don't remember um she's going to college Sometime mid-August, so, like, in a couple weeks, basically. So, basically, come home from the Olympics. Take two weeks off. And then pack your bags and go to college. Yes. And then also has plans to continue training for elite. So, um, very, very stressful, I would imagine. She's going to have a lot on her plate, especially with appearances and all that. But I'm super glad to hear that she's already considering going to the next Olympics and giving it a shot. And I think, at the very least, if she wants to like if it becomes too much she could just focus on bars because she already has the all-around gold medal that's the greatest medal that there is so i mean obviously it's up to her like i'm not trying to put like words in her or thoughts in her head but she already achieved the greatest thing that there is in the sport i feel like the one thing that the one thing that she really wants slash needs is that gold medal on bars because she doesn't have one from worlds or the olympics which is so wild to think. Yeah. With how good she She's is. too good to not have a gold medal. So she does need to come back. And, you know, if, if doing college and elite at the same time is too much, she can just focus on bars and it would be, it'd be just fine. I want to mention Liu Yufei from China. She had a great routine. I think up until that point, China was really having a rough Olympics. Things were not shaping out how they might have thought or how any of us really thought it would. And Liu Yufei came really close to meddling and getting on that podium. She got a 14-4, which is only a tenth below SUNY. And she was so (laughs) close. That's so the dreaded fourth place. Yeah. I hate when it's that close. Yeah, so I really, when I watched her routine, I thought she was going to pass Suni. Yeah. Fanyi Lin was their biggest hope for a medal on this event, I would say, and she fell on her dismount, so that was really disappointing, and I was hoping that Liu Yufei was going to be able to pull through for China on She bars. was so close, and another person that was really close was Elizabeth Seitz. So I think that if she hadn't made the mistakes that she did at the end of her routine, she also most definitely... the thing. Okay, here's the thing. Let me backtrack. Liu Yufei did her routine about as good as she... She could and she just fell a little bit short. Elizabeth Seitz had some pretty noticeable deductions that if she hadn't have done, she without a doubt would have moved ahead of SUNY because she had a really short handstand coming out of her full pirouette before the dismount. And then she also came in really low on her dismount, like on the landing. Yeah. And scored a 14-4. So it's so she, close. Yeah. So yeah, if she hadn't have lost, I would imagine almost six tenths just from those two things alone she easily would have won the bronze. So that's kind of unfortunate because she does have a world medal on that event, and this is obviously her strongest event. She has a world medal and not an Olympic one. So she came close and really unfortunate to see her hit that routine and then all the way at the end, she makes some mistakes. Yeah. Because for a hot second there, I was thinking that she was for sure going to end up on the podium. Moving on to floor, which is weird because beam should be next if we're going in the Olympic order, but apparently the Tokyo Olympics just doesn't want to work that way. They did it that way in Beijing, too. So weird. I don't understand that. But either way, I was super happy with this floor podium. 
couldn't have asked for anything more truly other than maybe Simone being a part of it. But I think because Simone wasn't a part of it, again, we got to see so many great routines and more opportunities for somebody else to get a medal that maybe wouldn't have. So Jade Carey won the event. Superb tumbling. One of the best routines that I think I've seen her do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really couldn't have done it better. I mean, I guess she could have stuck a couple more landings, but like it was right up there with some of the best routines that she's ever done. And I believe she took out one of her dance elements. Yeah, she changed the choreography a little bit, which I didn't even know this. Betty Okino from the 1992 Olympics, she did Jade's choreography, which I had no idea. Surprise. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> Um, yeah, Jade was incredible, and I'm super happy for her. And a great way to bounce back after what happened on Vol. Obviously, she was super devastated with that. And the emotions from having one of the most, you could say, devastating performances of your career at the Olympics to having the greatest... And also keeping the streak of floor exercise winners for the United States going. It yep. started with Ali Raisman in 2012, and then we had Simone in 2016, and then Jade Carey bringing that medal home in 2020. I'm just so happy for her, and she was so happy. Yes. There was a quote that was going around from her dad. I don't have it up, so let's see how good my memory is. Let's see if I can remember it. He said something to the effect of, just because yesterday was one of the worst days of your life doesn't mean that today can't be one of the best days of your life love that. and I love that so much it's so true because look at what happened like she had a really rough vault and didn't get a medal that she probably you know expected herself to get so to turn around a day later go into the floor exercise final with renewed confidence and come away as an Olympic champion she will go down in the history books and it reminds me a lot of Jordan Weaver in 2012 when she didn't advance to the all-around yeah. final and she was devastated in qualifications and she kind of just had to push it aside and move forward and focus on what was ahead yep. and then she helped the team win the gold medal for the first time since 1996 so it kind of reminds me of that how she was able to like have her moment to be upset but then be like okay like I gotta put this behind me and I gotta move forward because I'm not done yet yes and then Vanessa Ferrari wins the first not only her first medal at the age of 30 Four Olympic Games wins her very first Olympic medal. Finally, she was knocked off the podium in both 2012 and 2016. Came so close to a medal. Finally gets it here. And it was the first individual Olympic medal for Italy. And their first medal in gymnastics on the women's side. Their first medal in 93 years. So... History was made for not only the country of Italy in gymnastics, but for Vanessa Ferrari. Isn't it the same for Great Britain with yeah. the team? It was 93 years since yeah. they won a medal? It, it was like the 1923 Olympics, I think. So that was the only time for Italy that they've ever won an Olympic medal. It was a, a team event. Yeah. And Italy won the bronze medal. So with Vanessa Silver, it finally brings Italy a medal for the first time in 93 years and it's their very first ever individual medal love that so she did a three pass routine it was done beautifully her tumbling was a one i'm doing the chef's kiss <laughs> i almost said emoji i'm doing the sh- chef's kiss like fingers if that makes sense all right just move on <laughs> it was so good though her dance was beautiful her performance she has like opera music her music is entitled time to say goodbye no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that makes me sad but, but she got a silver yeah, freaking medal true I can't be sad about Honestly, that. Honestly. What a way to go out. I know. And that's a routine that was so well done. I wouldn't have been mad if it won the gold medal. Yeah. Like, her team was just as good as Jade. She was nailing the crap out of those landings. She had the artistry aspect to it. The presentation. She was truly in her element, I would say. And, like, that was just, like, her stage and her moment to shine, it felt like. It was her world and we're just living in it. Basically. Yeah. And then Murakami Mai and Angelina Melnikova tied for the bronze medal. We were all complaining about, and we've been complaining for years, about tiebreakers and why do they have to happen? Why can't we just all be happy and everyone gets medals? And it happened. (laughs) The gym gods were listening to us, apparently. And they said, here's two Olympic medals for your favorites. Yes, basically. So for (laughs) Angelina, she already had the team gold and a bronze in the all-around 
this was her first event final medal and that was how she closed out her Olympics. So love to see that. And then for Murakami, it was the first Olympic medal for Japan on the women's side. Again, the history. So much history was made at these Olympics. It's crazy, but and so Mai exciting. has been so good for so many years on this event. She's somebody who's always been in the mix. And then after the way that she was disrespected in 2019 by Japan and not having her on the world's team, this is just the perfect comeback story. The only thing I wish was that there could have been fans in the stands because I have a feeling that crowd would have been going nuts. Oh, could you imagine? I have chills. I literally have chills right now just thinking about that. It would have been so good. So that kind of sucks. But honestly, though, like, she's in the history books. Like, she forever has an Olympic bronze medal. And her floor routine is also amazing, similar to Vanessa. They just have such great performance quality mm-hmm. and even though there wasn't really a crowd they were selling that routine to somebody they were selling it to us at home watching because i loved every second of it and did you see on the metal podium they handed each other their flowers yes <laughs> i love that <laughs> so cute the sportsmanship at this games has just been next level yeah. it's top notch like we feel like everybody is just friends now and that was not something that would happen in the past like in the past it was like you had your team and that was basically yeah like you didn't really interact with the other girls yeah and now they're taking selfies together they're you know cheering for each other complimenting each other's leotards like simone told flavia that she loves her leotard <laughs> like there's just been so many interactions from these games but I love that because I feel like they, that's really all they had at these games was each other. Like, yeah. they didn't have their families. They didn't have fans in the stands. All they really had was each other and cheering for each other and being there for each other. Did you see the Gatarovas? They posted the other day, like, a photo collage of them with a bunch of gymnasts. No. <laughs> it's the cutest thing ever. I love that. So, they posted a collage <laughs> of all the people that won Olympic gold medals, and then for the ones that they didn't have pictures with, they posted pictures of. Did they really? Yes. Stop. I love that. Let me pull it up. They are adorable. They are. I'm obsessed with them. And they both were in the floor final, because Simone pulled out, and we that- had the double Gatarovas for and this floor final. by the way, that is also history. <laughs> On the men's side, we had Paul and Morgan Hamm at the 2004 Olympics. They were in the high bar final together. But on the women's side, at an Olympic Games, we've never had twin sisters or sisters competing in a finals together. And yeah, yeah, for them to win a bronze medal with the team in that whole historic moment, to do that together, to have all-around finals together, and then... Last minute, we find out that they're going to be in the floor finals together. I mean, like, what a journey for them. This is their first Olympics, and with us being twins, I feel like I could totally relate to their relationship and the bond that they have and wanting to experience everything with your twin sister. It's so much better. Like, if me and you were elite-level gymnasts, I would do, I know for a fact, I would do so much better if you were there with me versus if I was, like, there by myself and you were up in the stands, or if you weren't there at all. Could you imagine? I think they just really like thrive off each other here's the photo i've just pulled it up unfortunately and we can't show you guys but if you go look at jennifer gatarova's instagram page that's really sweet she posted a picture collage and their dad i saw somewhere i think he maybe posted does he have an instagram i don't know honestly i saw so many things this past week week and a half that i don't even know where i'm seeing things anymore i'm just seeing them somewhere um i saw that their dad posted something saying like go do this for simone Oh, that's sweet. I know. I have chills. I keep getting chills. (laughs) The Olympics will do that to you. It does. They seem like such genuinely sweet people. I know. And I'm so excited. I'm going to be interviewing them for Inside Gymnastics. So we're trying to work out a date. I was going to do it before the floor finals, but it didn't work out with like the time zone. It would have been nighttime for me and I was working. It was early morning in Tokyo and it just launched out short. It didn't work out. I'm glad that you didn't do it then because they both end up being in the floor finals. And like now you can ask them about that. Right. So stay tuned for that on Inside Gymnastics. But yeah, I'm just so happy for them. And I just absolutely love them having so much fun at this Olympics and like wanting to take pictures of the people and the fact that they posted this collage. I'm saying they, I guess it was Jennifer. But yeah, don't group them together. We hate when people do that to us. (laughs) It's just so sweet because yeah, it's a collage of them with everyone who won an Olympic gold medal. And then for the ones that they didn't have pictures of, like the Russian team and Nina, they didn't have a picture with, I guess. And they like posted pictures of them with their medals. So cute. It's like a fan collage. Yeah. 
they've gained a lot of fans themselves, I think, at these games. Also, we didn't mention this, but it's also historic, of course, because why wouldn't it be? Every single person in that floor final is an Olympic medalist. And every person in the top group of competitors from the all-around final is an Olympic gold medalist. Wild. I don't know if that's ever happened before, but it just goes to show you the talent level of the gymnasts at these games. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, the beam final. Very sad that at the last minute, Larissa Yerdaki from Romania had to pull out. She injured herself on her beam dismount and qualifications. Weren't sure if we were going to see her compete. People that were in the arena said that she had just started to warm up. Like, she was on the floor stretching. She got up and started doing some basic, like, front talks and back talks and whatever. Just that type of stuff. And she got off the podium and started crying. And they pulled her out right then and there. So Ashikawa Urara from Japan got the call to step in last minute. And that meant that every single person who qualified to the Olympics as an individual got the chance to compete in their final that they qualified on. Or qualified for, at least. Jade Carey technically qualified on vault. But she was in the vault final. She was in the floor final. We had Alana Kova from Russia in the bar final. Vanessa Ferrari from Italy in the floor final. And then Ashikawa from Japan for the beam final. Well, so that's Van- cool. Vanessa technically ended up being on the team. But she wasn't originally supposed to be. Right. So that's whatever. <laughs> but case in point, the individual route did end up kind of working out for those people who went and earned that spot for themselves individually. Because they all ended up being in their respective finals. Yeah, point. So, beam final medalist, we had Guan Chen Chen as the gold medalist. I think a lot of people were hoping for that. We had China beam redemption. Yeah, It was China beam redemption era. We talked about them not having the greatest showing at these Olympics. Well, they ended things off exactly how they intended to with the one and two spots. Guan Chen Chen, obviously I said, got the gold. And then Tan Si Ji came away with the silver medal. I think with those two routines, first of all, both absolutely incredible. Your typical incredible Chinese (laughs) beam work. Yes. The layout two feet for both of them also chef's kiss but i felt like they were both pretty off on that yeah a little um, bit crooked tan shi ji i think a little bit more than guan chen chen apparently tan shi ji from people that were in the arena like the media people they were saying that she was like really off and apparently the angle we were watching from didn't like fully do it well justice. i was going to say on the nbc primetime broadcast you could actually see it a little bit better she Definitely was a little bit crooked in the air and then somehow pulled it back with minimal deductions. Her chest was down a little bit. I think she might have had like a little bit of a arm swing, but yeah. not much of a deduction. And from the angle that we watched it live, it was a side angle. It was it looked beautiful. Yeah. And same with Guan Chen Chen. She had a pretty decent sized wobble on her layout two feet, a couple broken connections on some leaps. She also had a wobble on her front handspring, front tuck. Yes. So definitely not her best routine, I would say, but I think her start value yeah. is what made this gold medal possible. Yeah, so she had a 6-6 six, six start value, which is the highest in the competition. Although I think things could have been a little bit closer with her teammate because she had less mistakes, noticeable mistakes. Yeah. I think it was just the start value was a little bit lower, but I kind of was surprised. I thought that Tan C G was going to hold on to it because Guan Chen Chen was the last one to go. Yeah. And I knew that they were going to go one, two. I wasn't exactly sure what order. I know. I agree with you. I thought Tan C G was actually going to get the gold. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised, but then when you think about it later, it's like she does have Guan Chen Chen, when I say she, she has really high difficulty. Yeah. And I think that is what gave her the edge. This so. balance beam gold medal brought to you by Guan Chen Chen's difficulty. Yes. Sp- Guan Chen Chen's difficulty sponsored her beam one. Yes. And then Simone Biles battled back from a week of adversity and got the bronze medal. She did a really great routine. She did have a small little hiccup on a connection, the switch half to back pike. Yep. It wasn't like a major mistake, just didn't connect it. But going in, her start value was already down a little bit than what we're used to seeing because she took out her, well, I guess she has her double-double dismount, the vials that she can do, and she also has a full-in dismount that she more frequently does. She only ended up doing a double pike because it doesn't involve twisting 
insane yeah because she has the twisties and twisting is really dangerous for her right now so i'm glad to see that she was able to come up with a dismount that was safe for her to do and that she could do so well yeah she did it very well honestly the highest double pike beam dismount i've ever seen and it has been years since she's done that i don't even think i might be wrong on this if you can fact check me i don't think she's ever competed that dismount in elite as an elite i don't yeah i think she did it when she was in level 10, right before she became an elite. Mm-hmm. So, basically, it's been a really long time since she's competed that dismount. And she did it so well. Her D score ended up being a 6-1, when typically it's a 6-5. So, it definitely made her chances of getting a medal a little bit more unpredictable. I think it put her at more of an even playing field with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting on beam, because then it comes down to not so much who has the most difficulty, but who's actually just going to like hit their routine. Yeah. She ended up finishing six tenths behind Guan Chen Chen. Yeah. So I think that with the routine that she did, there really wasn't a way that she was going to win because Guan Chen Chen just had too much difficulty. Because Simone, if you take back, you know, the connection and she had to hop on the dismount, that was the only noticeable deductions that she had. Everything else is pretty much like right on par with what she normally does. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been enough to make up that six tenths that she was behind in yeah. the end. Yeah. I agree. But I think that even the fact that she was able to come away with a bronze medal after everything that she's been through in the past couple weeks is so incredible. And I think medals aside, like, yeah, she's the greatest of all time. She has the medals to back it up. She has, like, seven Olympic medals now and, like, uh, I don't even know how many world medals. And that, by the way, ties her, actually, with Shannon Miller as the most decorated U.S. Olympic gymnast for the women. So I was a little bit worried when she was pulling out of all the event finals that she wasn't going to reach that mark. Because she needed three coming in to pass Shannon Miller, so she yeah. ended up getting two Which I think, to obviously, a lot of people expected her to do, but really, at the end of the day, I don't even think Simone gives a shit. Like, I no. think we give more of a shit than she does about that. Yeah. Like, for her, it's not about the medals. It's not about the records. It's not about what skills she's getting named after herself. Um, I think, truly, in this moment, she was just glad to be back out there and having the opportunity to contend for a medal. Mm-hmm. Um, she was so happy when she finished her routine she was and she was cheering on the other girls her and suni were like willing everyone to stay on the beam together they were really invested in guan chen chen yes and which by the way suni i guess we should probably mention her she had a really significant wobble on her series yeah her aerial layout step out layout step out i have no idea how she (laughs) saved that literally no no idea when you watch the slow-mo of it she's so off her foot completely comes off the beam and tim said this on the broadcast and i kind of agree with that it was like she was tap dancing <laughs> she's like did he did he say that in the yeah, broadcast i yeah. didn't catch that like she goes from like left foot to right foot back to her left foot like she was like she's like which way are we going where are we going dancing up there so i don't even know how she saved that but she had that and then she also had a hop and a step on the dismount so definitely wasn't her best routine i think up until that point it was a really good routine yeah but definitely with the mistake on her series and then the little errors on the dismount as well. Definitely was not going to get a medal with that routine, but what an Olympic Games for her yeah. as well. And I've loved the fact that when Suni makes mistakes, she doesn't sweat it. Like, she never looks like she's, like, super upset with herself. She's not angry. Like, she usually just laughs it off and she moves on. And I totally yeah. love that. I think that's so inspirational for any young gymnast that's watching that, like, it doesn't have to be the end of the world if you don't get a medal. And same thing with Simone. Like, I think... Despite all the history that was made, all the medals that were won, the most important thing that I think happened at these games and that's a takeaway from these Olympics is just that there's been a conversation started about mental health in sports, Mm -hmm. high-level sports. And there's been a conversation, in fairness, like Michael Phelps has been very vocal about his mental health struggles. Sam Sam McCulloch. Okay, whoa, twins. (laughs) Yeah, Sam McCulloch. Has been a gem. We love him, by the way. Gonna miss watching him compete. But there has been people that have spoken about their mental health. But I think what I'm trying to say is, like, so many people coming into these Olympics didn't know what the twisties were. And... Now it's a household term. It is. But think about how, I don't want to say cool it is because, like, it's not cool. But, like, think about how good this is for future Mm -hmm. generations. Because now Simone has introduced to the world this very real thing that happens to gymnasts when they're stressed. Or, you know, something just switches off. Like, Simone also, we found this out after the fact, she had an aunt die. I think it was an aunt on her 
dad's side of the family two days before the beam final yes which is devastating and i think it just kind of compounded a lot of the issues that she was already dealing with and to have mental health be such a big conversation the past week and like i said people are talking about the twisties and educating themselves on what it is and this gives room for gymnasts in the future to not be okay sometimes and to pull out of a big meet because of the twisties yes because now it's like a known thing and people will look back and be like oh wait Remember Simone Biles at that one Olympics when, you know, she had this, this, and this happen, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, it created a conversation, and it opened the door for acceptance in yeah, that area. Yeah, as it makes it feel okay. And I think it's really validating for any athlete out there that struggled with their mental health, whether it's anxiety, depression, just the stress of being a high-level athlete, to see somebody like Simone struggle on such a public stage and end up, you know, leaving the Olympic Games with not quite the medal haul that she wanted, but she had a smile on her face and she went out with a bang and she was able to come away with an individual medal. Like, it just goes to show you, like, how you can persevere through those times and even if it feels like the end of the world in the moment, it doesn't actually, you know, it doesn't actually end up being the end of the world. Like, Simone will end up being okay and she'll learn from this and she'll grow from it and anybody can too with their own mental health issues. Also, by the way, I don't know if you saw the interview, Simone talked to Hoda from the Today Show. I haven't seen it yet. And she is not closing the door on her gymnastics (gasps) career. I knew it. (laughs) So it's not an official yes. Oh, she's totally going to come back. But she did say that she's not closed off to the possibility because Hoda asked her, was that your last routine? Was that beam routine it? Is it the last time we're going to see you at the Olympics? And she basically said that, like, obviously she wants to take time and, like, process this Olympics, but she's keeping an open mind. Okay, so we'll see Simone in 2024 is what you're saying? Yeah, so the answer was not no. Um, And I think that's kind of what we all expected. I tweeted this on our Triple Twist account. That just didn't feel like the last routine that we were going to see Simone do. Like, you know how you get that feeling? Yeah. Um, It did not feel like a retirement to me. And I had that feeling when we were there in person watching her at Olympic trials. Like, she did her last routine on the second day of competition and she got this giant standing ovation, which was amazing and so cool to be a part of. And I think a lot of people were thinking about the fact that it could be the last time they see Simone competing in the United States. I, had, I was thinking that. <laughs> that I, was me. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't. When I was watching her, I was open to the idea, just like Simone's open to the idea of going to 2024. I was open to the idea that that could have been the last time that I ever saw her compete in person, but it didn't feel like it. Like, deep down in my heart, I can't, mm-hmm. and I can't explain why I felt this way, but <laughs> I just, it didn't feel like it was the end. Like, I knew we were going to see her again. Yeah. So. And I think now with the way this Olympics went, I have a really hard time believing that she's not going to at least try to make a comeback. She only has three more years. Her coach, Cecile, is from France. The Olympics are going to be in France. It would just be so perfect, and that would be a way to go out. Yes. So we're not trying to put the pressure on or anything. Obviously, Simone deserves to take all the time in the world to rest, to process this Olympics, do whatever she needs to do, and if she wants to come back... We're going to welcome her with open arms. For sure. (laughs) Absolutely. And if she wants to be done, we'd be happy for her too and support her in that, of course. I also want to mention just that I'm so happy that... We didn't have any issues with COVID, really. Like once, Besides Kara Aker. Yeah, so I was going to say, once Kara Aker went down with COVID, I, as well as I think everyone in the gymnastics community, was kind of freaking out. Like, I thought, like, all the shit was going to hit all the fans. Yeah. Every and- fan in this world was just about to be <laughs> fucking hit with shit. <laughs> and nobody got, from what we know of, nobody got COVID or contact trace out of the competition. So... That's, that's kind of... Is that just applied to gymnastics? Or like, oh, yeah. I'm not, I don't know the other sports. I'm just... I would say, there's, there's no way we got through this Olympics without some, no. something getting... Like, something with COVID happening, somebody getting pulled out of something last second. I'm just talking gymnastics, because, like, when Kara went down... I'm saying went down. You guys know what I mean. Like, she went out. Yeah. I thought for sure, like, here we go. Like, this whole competition is going to be people last minute getting pulled out of the competition. Like, we saw with Cal at Nationals when they were out on the floor and then the whole team got pulled off because of a false 
positive, and then yeah. they came back out. Like I thought that was gonna happen with this Olympics that they're gonna run out and tell Jessica Gadarova that she has COVID <laughs> or whatever. Thank like, God that didn't happen with any of these teams. Truly, like I was kind of anticipating that was gonna happen, and it didn't, which was really really nice. I think that was everyone's biggest fear coming in. So that is a big win from this Olympics as well. So much to look back on and be proud of and be happy with. And now all the athletes, well, from gymnastics at least, are on their way home. I'm looking on Instagram and seeing everyone's stories of them at the airport. And it feels kind of sad. I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but does it feel kind of depressing when you see gymnasts? Like, they're back in the U.S., they're back in Russia or wherever. Like, because to me, it solidifies that the games are over. Yeah. Like, they're officially out of Tokyo. It's over. So I'm, like, watching everyone get on planes, and I feel like I'm getting emotional. (laughs) You're like, don't come back I saw Simone back in the United States, and I'm like, no, don't come back. (laughs) Um, She's in New York. So I probably got some appearances coming up. Yes. So hopefully we'll know pretty soon what those appearances are, just doing the post-Olympic runs. But um, a lot of good stuff is ahead. Simone's going to have her tour coming up. A lot of the girls on the U.S. team are expected to be a part of that. So, And then Worlds are coming up in a couple months. Yes, that's the exciting thing about this. Me and Brittany have talked about this because I think we're all kind of going through that post-Olympic depression, or if we're not, we're going to. And it'll be nice to have worlds to look forward to. Yeah, in a couple of months. And then after that, we have college gymnastics season. So that's what I'm telling myself to get myself through these difficult times. And I'm going to stop looking at Instagram and seeing people at the airports because it's just really <laughs> it's, upsetting it's to me. It's triggering you. <laughs> But overall, though, this Olympics was great. I think that there was definitely things that could have gone better. There was things that happened that no one predicted. And it was definitely a wild ride. But I think it's going to be something that we all look back on and be like, you remember when that happened? Like, it was already a crazy Olympics to begin with because of the fact that it was postponed and that it never happened before in, like, modern-day Olympic history. Yeah. So it was already destined to be this, like, weird, unexpected games. And then for gymnastics, a lot of stuff happened that was really unexpected. But it was a lot of fun. It was cool to see so many people make history. Thank you guys for tuning in to not just today's episode, but all of the episodes we posted this week. And if you didn't tune into all of them, you should because we covered all of the Olympics. So make sure and check out our previous episodes if you haven't heard them already. But it was a fun, stressful, tired, long, long emotional week of gymnastics at the Tokyo Olympics. But we were glad to have you guys along with us for the ride. Absolutely. So thank you so much for tuning in. And Brittany and I are going to be taking a little bit of a break. We're going to be going to Tennessee for a quick vacation. So we're not going to have an episode out probably for the next couple of weeks once we get back from vacation. Brittany is going to be starting school. I go back to school. Brittany's going to grad school. I'm still an undergrad. But we have school coming up. Brittany's going to be switching her job. I'm getting laid off, you guys. So that's fun. Um, Hopefully, I will be starting my new job around that time. We'll see. I'll keep you updated if you want to know how my life is going. But there is going to be a lot going on in my life all happening at that time. So I'm anticipating that I'm going to be a little bit stressed and I might not either be up for recording or I might not have the time to record. I don't know. We'll see. With that being said, we have a lot of ideas in our idea arsenal. So we have a couple interviews that we want to do. We have just other fun episodes that we've been wanting to do for a long time that are on our list of things to do. Some are Olympic related. Some are college related. Some are just like random gymnastics funness funness (laughs) is not a word but it is now a lot of things i'm really excited to do so with that being said we're gonna take a little bit of a break can't promise you exactly how long it's gonna be but we will be back we have a lot of things that we still want to do so in the meantime you guys can follow us on social media we're at all things gym pod on twitter facebook instagram feel free to message us tweet at us whatever let us know that you miss us keep in contact (laughs) and we will be back very soon bye bye